Welcome to Northern Lights, the only podcast that hangs itself with your scarf while you sleep. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Chapter 32. Uh, this one got serious. Real serious. I liked this episode. I did too. Yeah. I thought this had a very interesting, nuanced, infuriating uh, look at real politic in and, oh, yeah. and hypocrisy within politics and in personal relationships. It was fascinating. Yeah, I'm with you. Fascinating. I don't know what I would think. Um, I, I what the only thing I worry about is is if you like care about a lot of these issues deeply, it might be kind of pseudo facile hmm. or, or come across as you know heavy handed one or the other, one way or the other. Potentially, yeah. Um, but I I feel like you kind of have to be looking for that. Because if sure. you're not, it is a fairly balanced but, view of a lot of different you, things. If you're like a revolutionary and you mm-hmm. really care deeply about marriage equality, what must it be like to watch an episode where the president of the United States argues that this is a sideshow? Sure. And nothing, yeah. you know, it's like every, everything, you can lie and do whatever and be used for propaganda and that's okay. I mean, it's that, that must be hard to take. Yeah, no, I imagine so. Um, at the same time, you know, you have the episode kind of balancing that a little bit with the angle of selfishness. Um, sure. And and how Frank is being selfish in his own way. Certainly. And suicide is a selfish act and all all this and stuff what is, is kind of mixed what up. what is cowardness, what is bravery yes. in, in politics. and, and um, So I can see where people would get tied up about this. Sure. But at the same time, I think other perspectives are a good thing to at least consider, even if you don't agree with him. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I I, I think that it's weird because I've, you know, talked a lot about the, the Dan Carlin worldview that this show seems to be espouting, mm-hmm. where it's like, it doesn't cost you anything to put yourself in your enemy's shoes. Yep. It might even help you defeat them. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there's so much of this overheaded re- rhetoric you see on Facebook about, you know, Putin being a Nazi and he's like, you know, got backwards views. I thought it was interesting, like in this fake Putin, mm-hmm. he's like, of course, I don't believe these things and the laws of the past, but it's <laughs> what my people do. Like this country is very much like fundamentalist and conservative and traditional sure. and they're scared of new change. And as their leader, don't I have to support that? You know, it's like, yeah, you can't, it's interesting. You can't. On the one hand, like the same people that don't like that uh, say that you can't drag, you know, countries in the Middle East kicking and screaming in the 21st century. You can't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, where does, does the limits of like political action and you need people that are revolutionaries and you need people to be rabble rousing and all that stuff. Um, but also the way the life works is there's a lot of pushback against that. It's the Overton window. Exactly. You can't slam yep. it to one side or another. It takes the radicals and revolutionaries uh, to push it forward, but they seem like they're always the ones being punished. And thank God yeah. there's always people willing to be punished to to advance a cause. Sure. Or in this case, I guess, punish themselves. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, fa- I found this a very contemplative watching it. Yeah, and I think it's uh, the episode earned that. So and the series earns that as well in a lot of ways. Um, why don't we talk about who made this thing? Yeah, it's directed by James Foley, who also directed episode three hundred five, the preceding one. So everything mm-hmm. I said about him applies to this as well. Is written by Melissa James Gibson, who has uh, been credited with three, uh, two episodes of House of Cards, uh, this one and an upcoming uh, chapter thirty seven, and she's also written four episodes of The Americans over the last two seasons. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, 
re- reasonable uh, reasonable cast and crew all around. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we want to start with the story? Well, I think that there are, like the previous episode, four threads running through here. You've got Claire's thread, which dovetails nicely. It's kind of like bookended by healthy sections of Frank. Yeah. It's a Frank sandwich. No <laughs> Meechum to be found. Uh, and then you've got uh, Gavin and Doug. Doug is mm-hmm. essentially three sentences to talk about, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of important sentences. So uh, I thought we'd start with Claire since she's got by far the most meat of this episode and does most of the heavy lifting. Okay. Um, she's there in Russia as her role of UN, UN ambassador mm-hmm. and first lady uh, to negotiate, to, to kind of handle uh, the details of the Corrigan release. Yeah, basically they want him to give a statement at his release that it's one of these, is light on Putin. It's or I'm sorry, Petrov. It's all this <laughs> propaganda. I mean, it's just like, you know, you get someone out of North Korea. Yes. They're not going to come out without saying death to America and whatever. I mean, it's it's the price you have to pay. And yep. we take it to – we're taken to understand that this is the result of several weeks – of intense negotiation that like, you know, the mm-hmm. president wanted him to apologize for being gay and say, I made the wrong choice and I'm going to go. And then Claire's like, no, no, we can't say that. And yeah, I mean, it's fairly mild. I mean, it's certainly galling for any person of any kind of emotion, any kind of color in their emotion at all to apologize to someone who is, uh, you know, if not illegally, then immorally detained you. Sure. Sure. And thank him for his compassion. Mm-hmm. But then to all, I mean, I was surprised that Claire thought and and uh, Frank thought that these, this guy would go for this because saying that, you know, he's got a deviant lifestyle that he shouldn't have exposed the minors. Mm-hmm. You know, like he said, would you would you sign something that says that your lifestyle is something that can harm children? In order to get out of prison and leave behind many other people who are also being persecuted under that yeah. law. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I imagine it is a very hard spot to be in. And this guy certainly, in my opinion, has more courage than than a Frank, than someone who is not willing to stand up for the principles, but is is kind of just rolling with the ball of politics. Um Man, yeah, I don't know. Cause I go back and forth. Like I I I'm an expedient creature myself. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's it's you know. What do you want me to sign? Huh? I'll what's, sign. It. What's yeah. the least amount of pain that I can put myself and my family through uh-huh. with the least amount of consequence to myself? And I'll probably take that issue nine nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've lived in. I I. But you're a, not a revolutionary, and and I'm in a very privileged class. I'm yeah. a white straight man. Not a. I don't find myself having to fight for my very existence and way of life. So it's, that's Certainly, an easy yeah. thing for me to say. Yeah, everything is stacked in my favor in in most situations. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. I think that that's especially it's like when Claire, because I thought Claire was a very carrot and stick. You know, she did heavy handed, like, well, what about your husband? Yeah, yeah. You're putting him through some terrible thing. Blah, 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 blah. And uh-huh. then she also had some more elegant arguments, like, you could say to get whatever to get out of here, and then you could be on national TV saying what a bunch of lying scumbags they were and tell the story of Sir. No one knows the, about Sergey except for me and you. The thing is, I, I think what he's worried about there is that the only thing the Russian people will see is his you know confession or whatever it is the the statement that he gives while in russia and then they won't get to see the stuff 
that he does when he gets back home. But that's where I think an argument could be had that I think what fake Putin is saying is true. The Russian people, like, they're probably 50, 60 years behind the West in their moral attitudes towards homosexuality. I mean, fucking watch okay. Downton Abbey before you get to, you know, that's that's two, three generations removed from our attitudes. Depending on where you live in this country, maybe a generation if you're lucky. I mean, I'm assuming there's not a lot of rabid uh, homophobic teenagers out there, <laughs> or they're very much the minority I, at this point. They are, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it would be like if you went back in time as a time traveler to 1914 and decided you want to make gay marriage legal in America at the time. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Period. Would not happen. But what you might be able to do is apply enough pressure on a the, the, the Russian um, country. <laughs> Jeez, I'm having a hard time. The Russian <laughs> Federation. The Russian Empire. No, no, that's not right. <laughs> The Russian badniks, uh, the, the, the Russian government, that they have to change the laws because of just external pressure. Like the pressure is not going to come okay. from the inside. And I think that's the argument you could make that you could. But but Petrov here is making the argument that it needs to come from the inside because he can't do anything about it until it does. Well, I think you need that's part of like, you know, how the Overton window works. It's sure. like they he nudges it along the external then... forces make the internal changes nudge a little bit, which causes to sit on the inside. But then people get used to it. Yeah. You know, whereas if it's just static and status quo, sure. you know, it's like, well, he's he's also thinking that him being in prison is going to make them report honestly on what's going on in that prison. Mm -hmm. Like. How is him being in prison changing the lives of or, or how the Russians are perceiving his imprisonment? I guess they get, if they're activists, they can get on the Internet and find out this information. But that's probably sure. what they're doing anyway. I mean, no, no, they've all just got GoPro strapped to their dashes. and <laughs> They're just uploading videos of avalanches, killing people on roads and stuff. Bear fights. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, bare knuckle bear fights. Firing grenade launchers, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, like, there again, I felt like there's a lot of shades of gray. What yeah. is the morally principled thing to do in this situation? And I don't think anyone has the answer. Exactly. And I think the show is not here to provide the answer. It's here to show you the shades of gray, to make you think about it and consider what your answer for that is and why. Sure. That, and it, it works remarkably well, I think, especially seeing, you know, we you talked about specifically like them going to Russia and what it was going to be like there. They didn't really get into any of the weirder shit that the, we thought they were going to get up to with maybe mm. like Petrov and Claire and stuff like that. Right. Well, thankfully. I, I, yes, I'm, I'm grateful that they didn't do that. Because honestly, I play this. I don't know if you do this, but I play this little game in my head while I'm watching House of Cards. And there's a few other select shows I've done this with, like Americans most notably, and it lost the mental roulette eventually. Oh, boy. Okay. But as I'm watching a scene where something shocking is happening, my mind is racing for like, what is the craziest thing I can think of to explain this? And then I make a gut call about whether I'm going to break, like, I can't watch it if it does this, you know? <laughs> All right. Like, uh -huh. I see this guy swinging from the rafters, and my first, one of my, like, the third thought is, oh, my God, what if Claire killed this man? <laughs> she strangled him with his scarf, and then she somehow, mm -hmm. like, you know, she's fairly buff. She lifted him up there and dangled in. That's why she had the bugs removed, and we're going to find out that she killed him to make this thing happen. <laughs> That's pretty far-fetched. And I'm like, there's no <laughs> fucking way. I can't do it. I can't do it if it crosses that line. I'm with you. That'd be um, too much. But the funny thing is, is a lot of the tension, I think a lot of people like the Seppin Walls and others watch the show and it's just a farce. Mm -hmm. But for me, a lot of the tension is, I'm not 100% sure the show wouldn't do that. 
Okay. So it's fun for me to have these like looking over the cliff of the Grand Canyon moments. I'm like, oh, I got dizzy. And then it's like, no, no, she just brought it back to reality here. And then it's like, you know, would Claire, the first lady, sabotage this peace program? That's the other great issue. It seems like, like she did. What, where on the selfish slash morally righteous scale did that thing go on? And that's exactly what Frank says later on, you know, the. The truly courageous act to him is to keep his mouth shut, even no though he what wants the to say something. To get yes. the, the larger goal that you're struggling for, he can he can separate the big from the small, and I don't know that that's invalid. And I, when I you're have in a his hard position. time drawing the lines between, uh, you know, when it's time to be a revolutionary and when it's time to be pragmatic. Sure, and I think there's a sliding scale towards like how serious defense is. Like if you're trying to crusade to save lab mice. You know, maybe maybe leave the gunpowder treason and plot at home uh-huh. for your protest. Bring bring your sparkly signs uh-huh. and your 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 mouse costumes. Sure, invite your crazy hippie friend who wants to protest about weed. Strum also. circles acceptable. Yep. Maybe megaphones. Sure, mm-hmm. but but the the gunpowder leave that leave yeah. that behind. Uh, if you're talking about human rights issues, yeah, where is the line to draw on that? Uh, well, if you're the first lady, apparently sabotaging global politics is not the line. Yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, thought there was a lot of interesting things, insights into the uh, Claire Frank marriage, too, uh, that, you know, he kind of called her bullshit on the fact that they don't love each, you know, that they don't, they don't love each other now as much as they used to. Yeah. Which seems to be kind of something that they've been building into some kind of a plot point this season. And it seems to hit a nerve with Claire. When he says it, she, like gives this look like mm, yeah i hadn't thought about it but you're kind of right and also this this whole business about you know him saying like there are openly gay politicians right uh i don't believe so no barney frank like there's no there's several several mm. openly gay politicians that i'm aware of i mean it's not exactly like you you know i would say they're not as rare as an atheist politician but they're kind of in that but there are no like yeah. openly promiscuous marriages. There's like no no senator has an open marriage that he's open with. And sure. I thought that was an interesting point that this guy, um, you know, Corrigan was kind of saying that like he was trapped in marriage to this guy because he's a marriage equality advocate. And how stupid would that look if a marriage equality advocate is yeah. getting divorced from his gay lover? Sure. And be like, see, we told you it didn't work. Right, right, right. But he's like, you know, you're trapped in the same prison that even mm-hmm. though divorce is not uncommon and, you know, affairs are not uncommon and unorthodox relationships are becoming more unstigmatized all the time, it's still like super highly stigmatized in the same oh, yeah. way that, uh, well, not in the same way, but in similar ways that, that homosexual ones are Mm -hmm. again i thought that was just all really really interesting yeah no it's all very thought-provoking and i really appreciate that. like i always think it's funny how much press and ink gets spilled over by people sending dick pics yeah who gives a shit i don't care if bill clinton's getting blowjobs under the oval office desk right i don't care i don't care is he running the country effectively is he being a good leader Right. Fine. Those things are things that I care about. But serious scandals, like where millions of dollars are being embezzled and people right? are lying about well, that stuff is just like, oh, yesterday's news. Brian Williams uh, lied about what helicopter he's got w- w- he was on when his when his force was taking fire. 
Uh-huh. When, no uh-huh. one's arguing the rocket propelled grenades weren't being launched in his direction. It's, they just didn't hit the fucking helicopter he was in. And this is something the media has been flogging for weeks. But yeah, I don't know, and, man. It's, it's, to me, this stuff is crazy. And I thought this mm-hmm. episode had a lot of that subtext. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So should we move on to Frank? Well, no, I, I still want to stay on Claire okay, a little bit. Sure. What I, I want to talk about the end of this where she just completely breaks from the script here. Well, I was going to save that for the Frank part. You are? Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's move on. Um, so anyway, uh, Frank, you know, will show up to the Russian uh, White House. And by the way, almost everything in the Russian White House beats to shit oh, man. out of the American White House. Everything's just covered in gold. Yeah. Everything's gold. Chairs are gold. Dark, Chandeliers rich, are gold. mahogany wood. Fine Corinthian Burgundy leather. tapestries. Like, just beautiful. Their crest beats the shit out of our crest. Oh, yeah. It's like some kind How of... How many two- eagles can you get on a crest? Well, they beat us. <laughs> that's for sure. Is it it's a two-headed eagle? Is it a double eagle? What is Something the... like that. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the crest of the Russian Federation right now. Um, but yeah, I think... I was just amazed that, yeah, it's a double-headed eagle. Fucking awesome. Um, a double-headed imperial eagle. That's impressive. Twice imperial crowned. Grasping in the dexter claw an imperial scepter and in the sinister claw an imperial orb. That's badass. Wow. All right. That beats the shit out of all of branches and arrows. The fact that I'm it saying. has a sinister claw, I guarantee the bald eagles does not have a sinister claw. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, that's fuck it's no. left claw. They don't call it that. Well, we call it left. That's right. It's not sinister. <laughs> um, but no, everything in Russia is more badass than his in America. I guess that's self evident. Now that I said that nakedly that's that's pretty much except except for you know human rights and sure uh feeding your population and quality of life and you know the things that really matter to the those people uh-huh. are not as well taken care of there but you do have a really badass kremlin yes the kremlin <laughs> is top notch uh we learned that uh, frank's first job was was weighing weed yeah mm-hmm. in uh, georgia presumably beneath the peachoid and their watchful, debateful gaze of the peachoid. Uh, and Uncle Henry. And Uncle Henry, uh, self-fertilizing his own crops with his own septic tank. That seems like a good way to get, I don't know, some kind of horrific disease into your lungs. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. That's some uh, premium, premium stuff. And also, yeah. in context Christmas of this, tree weed. after they were talking about Northern Lights, I thought that was pretty funny, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's talking with the author. The author's trying to... Uh, draw him out uh, and get information out of him like his first job. And Frank keeps turning the tables on him and wants to ask him about whether he was, I think it's because he's trying to find the fulcrum he can use to force this guy to do what he wants. Right. Yep, absolutely. So he's like, were you the mm-hmm. gay hustler in Scorpio? Uh-huh. And now it turns out that was his friend. And, uh, and I don't even know if I buy all of his answers, honestly. Sure. Like, I, I think he may be lying about certain things in order to keep Frank off his trail. Right. And in, in retrospect, the suicide thing was uh, in, in connection with, uh, you know, this gay man seemed like I should it should have been obvious. And maybe yeah. it was. I bet we will get some feedback from people saying that they thought it was obvious that this is, you know, being foreshadowed. But uh, him saying that, no, it wasn't. He didn't die of AIDS. He died of suicide because I mm-hmm. forget exactly why what what word he used um but he says like suicide's too selfish for mm-hmm. a, an ending to a novel um he and and the rest of the episode with him is essentially him at first him and the president of russia are getting along great they're like you know making 
very uh, sound decisions, and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You mm-hmm. withdraw these missiles, I'll put in these many troops, and yep. you know everything's going along just fine. Uh, there's a lot of, I guess, that's meant to be funny remarks about how bugged everything in is Russia. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, like, you know, Claire having... I know to, there's a bug in here. Get yeah. rid of it. And and being on the phone and saying, hey, if you're listening, President, that it turns out he was listening. So it's uh-huh. like, ha-ha, that's very funny. Um, We talked about the fact that the Russian president was kind of more liberal than you'd expect, which mm-hmm. you'd kind of expect him to be that. Um, Also, a lot of the real politic here about, uh, you know... Frank's trying to say, like, look, you know, let let this guy go and the world will applaud you. And he's like, applauded by whom? The West? Mm-hmm. That means nothing for me here. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was super, super right on when he said, you know, when you are unpopular, you worry about getting lost in the next revolution. When I'm unpopular, statues topple, blood mm-hmm. flows, people dies. Um, which I think is an argument for more representational uh, democracy and less uh, author, uh, you know, autocratic authoritative dictatorships. But sure. what do I know? Seems like it. Um, but the fact that you know, no matter what form of government you got, there is some kind of compact that the leaders have to kind of do what the people want. To to a point, yeah. Because or... if there's not a mechanism to replace them, the people will invent one. Yes. And like that's one of the astonishing things about North Korea is the fact that. This is regime is going uh-huh. beyond anything that you would think would be tolerable. It's like the one successful, almost like, you know, dystopian f- future fantasy extent. Like it's 1984 mm, yeah. made real, mm-hmm. internalized. It's crazy. But anyway, um, I kind of lost my point. <laughs> we keep we keep getting that Claire is fucking this up. Okay, that Claire is just sure. should have been a slam dunk going there and free this guy, and she's ordering bugs removed, and she's refusing to leave yep. the prison. And from a uh, fake Putin standpoint, this looks like treachery, right? Well, also, like you got to think of it from Claire's standpoint too. Like she thought she was going to go in there, and the guy was going to be, "Oh, thank you for saving me, getting me out of this prison." And she gets there, and she's throwing a curveball completely. She had no idea that this guy would be so principled in his stand as to not accept release. Yeah. Over over what she considered a toned down statement, so sure, she's got a tough job here convincing someone to abandon their principles when they're as principled as this guy. But a lot of I, I didn't thought it was interesting and true to life that a lot of the things she was insisting on the president of Russia is right. These things look terrible, like you know her wanting to remove the bugs. Well, why don't you want me to hear? Yeah. What if this is something you've engineered to make me look stupid? Because it's and not like they're best that's buddies. Basically, exactly what they were doing, right? Like. Didn't didn't she say at some point like Frank isn't actually going to do what he wants? He's there negotiating to kind of get them out of prison. Uh, really? Did they say that? I felt like Claire might have said that hmm. to him. Like once they once they pulled the bug from the from the prison cell, I thought she said that. But I no, might she be was wrong. encouraging him that like once we get home, you can say it's all a lie and take I know, it all back. I, yeah, right? I know she said that. I thought she said something about Frank too, but. That's bold Maybe to not. just like make bald face lies to a nuclear power, but <laughs> well, she could have also just been lying to him, right? Mm, right, right, right. Because that's the thing; she was all up until the last five minutes of the episode, totally playing the role she's supposed yeah. to play as um, first lady, certainly, and as UN of the ambassador, ambassador to the UN. Yeah. So if you look at this from, I guess that perspective, how Corian changed her mind by the end of this. He got way more attention than he ever would have, right? 
Yeah, and when the when the first lady of the United States of America comes out against sure some deal, yeah, uh, in spectacular fashion, uh-huh. that is going to get a lot of play. Hell yeah! And well. the reasons behind that are going to get a lot of play. And now you got to think that this looks even fishier to the Russian president. That's like, oh, you didn't plan any of this. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't know yeah. that he. he <laughs> When he first hung himself, I'm like, oh, my God, what if the Russian president suspects that this was the plan from the start? Mm-hmm. And I will say that I did – I didn't talk about this in Claire's thing, but I had a little bit of problem with this dude hanging herself with – hanging himself with her in the cell. Like, I just feel <laughs> okay. like – I don't think Claire's that heavy a sleeper. She was very tired. And climbing up on that water, you know, that 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 the heater or the chair uh-huh. and then tying herself with the scarf and then the sharp drop and I presume the feet kicking and the involuntary reflexes and the general <laughs> going on behind you. Uh-huh. I would think wake a person like Claire up. Maybe. They did She's like a house cat. She's <laughs> you know, she's going to be a light sleeper. They did make a point to say that not, neither of them had slept their their entire journey. So Maybe that's what they were trying to say is, mm. oh, she's really tired and she just knocked out here. Um, but no, I, I think that the president throughout was just seeing things. Uh, the Russian president was seeing things that this looks engineered to be a stunt. Like yeah. you're going to get everything you want from this and you're mm-hmm. going to get this guy and you're going to do a whole bunch of damage to me internationally. Fuck you guys. Yep. And we don't get his reaction at the end, but we know the deal is off. Oh, yeah. All the deal. All the, the deal. deal. The whole deal. Mm-hmm. It's all off. And, you know, Frank can't even be mad about it. And we still got the Russians as the big bad after this this summit. So, yeah, Which I'm excited about. I'm glad that didn't just go away. Uh, the, only, the other thing we get is first back on Air Force One, which is incredible, as you'd imagine. And, mm-hmm. again, the show just seems to spend tons of money on sets and costuming. Yeah. But uh, he... Blows off his author, mm-hmm. which I'm, I, I've got like my finger in the wind to see when exactly this author decides to fuck him over <laughs> all right. or, or how Frank is going to keep him in line. Because right now it seems like this guy's got all the ammunition. The author is the one yeah, that's I feel like being his... insulted and being lied to and being man- managed and oh, he's yeah. no, smart he, enough to know it. His intent, the, the day he goes in there, is to write a tell-all book about Frank Underwood in whatever light he sees fit. He is not there at the behest of Frank to tell but his story. He is honest to God impressed with Claire. At the end of the yeah. episode, he said, "You made yeah. you made the right call." Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think it's clear that he's impressed. So it might have the unintended consequence of selling this guy on their relationship because that was a genuinely altruistic thing to do. Yeah, and Frank is not saying anything publicly to say that that's not because that would make him even that make the whole thing even stupider if he's like oh this first lady and the ambassador to the un just went off half cocked with no authorization yeah. and made this shocking statement um yeah sure I, th- no, that's it, interesting i think that the, he's got this like oh what if these guys are as is mm-hmm. what if they are presented and what if this book deal I mean, becomes got, the thing that saves the presidency he's got the america works program he yeah. could he could like really be trying to do something good here on paper we he, know he's not but right yeah on paper it looks really good sure sure uh, but what the change of their relationship i mean this is about as mad as we've ever seen them at each other oh easily yeah um and he says like he's very heavy-handed as he typically is but he's also got some good points like you know you're the first lady you're the ambassador and your wife all of those titles imply that you are going to support me and not 
subvert me on some stupid idealistic crusade. Sure. And her her um, comeback was basically, I admire his bravery. And then he says, I wish I never made you ambassador. <laughs> and she responds, I should have never made you president. Great comeback. And then we as the viewers get pulled into the fight because yeah. Frank then turns to us and says, what are you looking at? I love that moment. Great. Yeah. Best fourth wall break of all time. I think so. Uh, Even better than the fourth wall interruption. Yes. Last episode. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I, I thought I thought it was an incredible episode. I don't know what how much more we want to talk about. Kind of some of this stuff too. Like, you know, he took a big leap of faith and have completely supported her as her job as an ambassador. She didn't do her job, right? Yeah. No, you're right. She didn't. Um, now she does have another option which is to go ahead with you know the the overriding of the veto that the russians were going to do on this thing no she's got that in she's her back pocket still got that although she has an uphill battle there too because we know that israel pulled out last time that is the definition of making the world an unsafer place for a you know you're right it's like are you risking yeah. nuclear war over this activist's reputation it's kind sure. of noble but on the other uh-huh. hand at, on a planet with 7 plus billion people it's kind of stupid too. I don't know how you that it, it's it's super impo- it's very hard to <laughs> balance those two things, right? No, the pressure and the consequences of being in those positions, I don't envy anybody. But that's those. why you've got an ambassador to the UN. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I said I don't know that she I don't think she did her job. You're probably right. Probably right. Even though I agree with her moral stance here. Yes. I I don't know if I agree with her methods. Sure. Maybe she should have like started another foundation and tried to, <laughs> you know, get water in Africa and also. Uh, no, I think, like I said, it rights. feels like that there were there are ways to go about doing this, and then there are ways to, to not do this. And again, you do need radicals and you do need revolutionaries to move society forward. I don't think that those people should be the ambassador to the UN. (laughs) You're probably right about that. I don't want a radical as the ambassador of the United States to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. That seems like a a recipe for disaster. And and this, you know, where we see Heather uh, Dunbar is poised to take full advantage of this because he's got a foreign policy expert. She's got a foreign Mm -hmm. policy expert who's said as much that if this goes down – this is what we say, yeah. and he's going to look totally right, and I'm not sure how they're going to recover from it. I mean, that seems like this foreign policy thing is lost. He said he was hoping to have, like, three slam dunks, you know, America's yep. works. And we said before, all of those need to go as planned. Jordan Valley. it all falls apart. And, and the gay rights thing, all slam dunk. And now two of the three seem like they're impossible. Seems like it. Uh, what do you think about... If that is the case, and this is the thing that brings Frank down, what do you think about Claire being the undoing of Frank Underwood? Well, I mean, how much of as much as she made him president? That's what I'm now saying. She does now. She does the opposite. I think the show's done a good job of showing how instrumental she's been in his rise oh, to yeah. power, and how she has deliberately taken the backseat in some things with the promise of being oh, yeah. able to make her mark. So, and she's there when fairly credible when he needs some sob sex. So. You know, she's got his back on all fronts. Sob sex is also a service she provides. I, yeah, she's not wrong. No, no. Shall we talk about Gavin? Yeah, let's do it. The G-Man, as I like to call him. (laughs) He is a G-Man. 
Uh, he is practicing social engineering on Lisa, who is the low rent Fifty Shades of Grey looking girl. I'd say he doesn't need to practice. He's got it mastered. Pretty fake much. AIDS is pretty good. In is this fake AIDS or fake herpes? Whatever. No, it's definitely it's be AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, like having herpes is not the end of the world that he's making it seem. So if that's if that's truly the case, I, yeah, they uh, they they have a big misstep there. Anyway, it's pretty. I'm 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 interested in a couple of things. Like, what's the end game? Like, is mm. he just going to ghost on this girl? That's probably what happens. I like, think so. we'll never yeah. see them again. And and from her perspective, this must be bizarre. Yeah, that two, the last two people she's cared anything about have just ghosted, and <laughs> for no reason and no explanation. But I yeah. don't think I actually think that I I would like that. I enjoy that. I don't think we've seen the last from Low Rent Fifty Shades of Grey girl. No, no, no. He's got more information than he has to get from her. I mean, really? he, he found because, out about the Yemenis trail this time. But... And that's what I'm saying. Like that was dumb to me because I was thinking like, okay, so I can see two lovers having the conversation. Of, Where would you run away if you want to run away? Sure. I don't see that influencing where you'd actually run away from. Potentially. Yeah. You know? Like, but it's a place to start. I, I mean, guess. it's better than no information whatsoever. I guess. Yeah. That's why I say he's got to stick around and get some more info from her, because that wasn't enough in my mind. Hmm. You know, he's searching CCTV cams with facial recognition stuff in the area. The Yemenis Trail is long, she she herself was saying it spans multiple countries. But this is all and... moot point because he was able on his next hit to find multiple hits on her location on this trail. Did he find her? Yeah, that's they're showing the 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 pins where it was showing like positive matches and and stuff. And oh my god! All right, well then he's got her. He's got her I in think his web. So, but I think that's kind of horseshit. I mean, I guess I don't know what would it take for me to have the appropriate amount of social engineering. But to me, it's like it would have been nice to see him strike out. Yeah, like I wonder why he didn't just run this search across the country. Well, because it's his bandwidth limit. I get, yeah, I get yeah. it, but he could do it piecemeal, right? Like today, I'm going to search New Mexico. Tomorrow, the I'm time search... is of the factor, I guess. But no, no, I'm I I yeah. feel like that this is the most engineered situation on the show that's going on right now. That you're and right. Maybe and it's he, just he, because I understand a little bit above probably. average to hacking and computers yes. and security and all that stuff. But the whole idea of you know, the bandwidth limit and the monitors. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, but I then for so. the very first shot in the dark, he's like, if not even like, where's her hideout, but where did you want to go? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> All right. I I mostly agree with you. I think it's being handled way better than last season with Gavin. There's no animated fish heads. There's and, no guinea pigs or yeah. anything like that. Um, he's He's more of an interesting character now that he's... Yeah, he's me. He's more normal. He's less the stereotypical James Bond hacker. Yep, yep. And he has more at stake here. Uh, I I but, personally like it a lot better than season two. But my gut feeling is that we're not done with him and Lisa. If that's her, if that no, is her not. real name, and I don't know why we're not. He probably has to get in contact with her, and Lisa might be his in there. I don't know. Getting her to come out of hiding, maybe. Not sure. I mean, does he drop the hey, I work at FBI and I actually I, I actually found some information and, and uses her to help make contact? And then Doug Stamper shows up Terminator style mm-hmm. with a syringe. And a brick. 
and a brick. He's loaded for bear. He's got a syringe in one hand. It ain't loaded with bourbon. Nope. And a brick in the other. <laughs> one of these is going to work. And, and he's dra- driving a Lincoln with a, <laughs> with, with a garden hose up its tailpipe with his knees. Yeah. And then he's just going to run over. <laughs> and her body will fly and hit a train. Awesome. No, uh, that's so. That's that's probably he's going to need her to make first contact to 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 smoke her out. Seems like it, yeah. But how does logical. he explain that he's found her? Does he lead with the whole? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's like, oh, have you ever tried to get a hold of her? Like, like maybe he'll try and push her toward reconciling with her in some way. Like, maybe you should go search the Eminem's trail. Oh my you know? god, let's try these get places. The fuck I'm gonna out. go. They're gonna go on a fucking bus tour. So you got a, a girl, an ex girlfriend who broke up with you six months ago. And you have no idea where she went. She just screamed at you and ran out the door. And uh. some dude comes up and says, you guys always wanted to go to Grand Canyon. You should go canvas the Grand Canyon and see if she's hiding out there. You would do that? <laughs> no. So is this the line where you, you you say, if they do that in the show, fuck the show? I don't know because this is a B. This is a C plot at best. Yeah, so yeah. it's not going to affect my overall, like, you know, Claire killing this guy. Although, arguably, I, I Frank's like- done his crazy stuff. Sure. Uh, throwing Zoe into a subway train. Uh, he, he's done a lot of crazy shit. And um, as Claire said, we're both murderers. And I also feel like Gavin's storyline is going to wind back into the main plot through Doug Stamper. Yes. But no, that's, we haven't talked about that's yet. a little much, don't you think? You, you, no, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm trying like, to see... Like, like, I've got an exact location for her, and I've got some plausible reason why that's not creepy for why I have this information. Like my cousin works in the BMV, and I just had man. Him, I don't, I don't know. You tell somebody you're in the FBI, FBI, and you're looking for someone else. No, I know, uh, right? That that's creepy to me. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm trying. Like, to why think. do you want them? And but it's just... going to happen. I hope. I hope they don't go the. Uh, I'm. I work in the <laughs> FBI, and and I care about you, so I found your ex lover. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Doug. Yeah, Doug essentially coaches the candidate Dunbar in real politic and how you play people. Uh, yeah. This guy doesn't like this person. This guy needs the car lobby. This person Puts hates the car lobby. Yep. You can you can offset your douchebaggery here with some do goodery there, and she just eats it up. This is exactly what happened in season one of Veep. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> where where sure. they they wanted somebody in the office, they decided to elect instead nominate someone who was going to be exactly the opposite of what that person wanted in order to get them to accept the position. So, yeah, it's Veep Season 1. All right, well. um, But the other subplot is that um, Doug's forming a relationship of some type with his physical trainer. Uh, It seems so, yeah. First of all, especially when they were super unprofessional... Uh, uh, physical trainer who I'm going to call the boss. Okay. Uh, yeah. Super unprofessional form a relationship with your client. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's, mm-hmm. I think, definitely, uh, this isn't something that he's just making up in his head. She she is into him. So that's that's kind of grossly unprofessional, number one. Yep. Number mm-hmm. two, I feel like that Doug is going to be just on the cusp of a healthy relationship with this woman. <laughs> And having to go and murder Rachel with his syringe, uh-huh. knee driving, uh, <laughs> Lincoln brick, Town car brick, having, brick yeah. throwing is going to completely derail it. You could be right. Uh, I, I didn't see any bourbon syringes this time. What does that say about Doug? Now that he's back on the political horse, he doesn't need. 
That's his drug. His crutch. I don't know. I mean, we He's haven't a seen literal anything crutch, yet. But... It could be that the next episode we see him, uh, you know, white knuckling the syringe thing, or he can move on. It's been two episodes since we've seen him take a drink, I believe. Has it? Okay. Um, yeah, we we had speculated before that he was going to go right to the shot glass and skip the syringe altogether. But maybe it seems the Rachel like he's on murder the other boss boss lady betraying ways is going to send him into the bottle. <laughs> I just feel I don't know, man. Frank okay. Frank is going to murder him with his own hand. Could be, could be. It that's the other that was the end game I was going for too. You need a season three murder. I mean, it's, season three is not murder without presidential murder. We've had you know. A congressman murder. We've mm-hmm. had a vice, vice president, murder. Per, uh, prospective vice president. You're right. It was very early. Uh, murder. And now we need a presidential murder. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. Uh, that's all we got for the episode. You got anything, uh, other final moments? No, no. Should we get the feedback? Uh, actually, no, I did want to talk about one other thing. Um, okay. Northern Lights. Kind of, in that they're green. And blue and yellow make green. Plus, seeing them from an executive suite in Air Force One's got to be pretty... Not bad. Top notch. You had a valid complaint about the windows in Air Force One. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I want fucking what? tin forward. Ameri- the, the president of the fucking United States can't get a picture window somewhere in that plane? Yeah, that's silly. And don't tell me it's not possible, because I've been in the cockpit of an Airbus, and they have a glorious window. <laughs> they do, yeah. They have like a three-by-four-foot picture window at the side of that fucker and the yeah. president of the united states can't get a peek we have the technology. he's got to look through like portholes like he's some old-timey <laughs> undersea diver <laughs> that's his it. view of the world <laughs> fuck off i agree that that's unacceptable uh and if i were him i would want my whole wall in my office i would want to drive a... around in the, a fucking invisible jet like wonder woman <laughs> That's what, okay. We don't have that technology, but I'm just saying it's close. It's that's what I'd there. ask for, and I would expect uh, to get a big picture window as a compromise. Gotcha, gotcha. If yeah. not, I tell Boeing to go and shove it up their ass until negotiation 101. You're not getting one fighter contract, one bomber contract. Until yep. I get my goddamn picture window, Pre- Mr. President. This is not possible. We don't have the technology. I don't care. I want the fucking window. You know who do has the technology? Lockheed Martin. <laughs> get them on the phone. Goodbye, Boeing. <laughs> anyway not what i wanted to talk about the the so slate magazine released a video on their site that analyzed the shots in house of cards Mm, and said that basically every shot like most of the shots in this in this show are blue in the foreground yellow in the background and they go through and they show examples of it many 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 examples Mm -hmm. and so at the beginning of this episode i I paused and i was like yep there's one and then as we were watching this episode, I was looking for them. And it doesn't seem like they're always consistent with the foreground background. But this show, definitely, if you look for it, now you won't be able to not look for it. Sure. Uh, has a blue and yellow uh, color palette. Yeah, the palette for sure. And it, it does a really good job of creating a look and feel for this show that is distinct. It's similar to the green screen, like, matrix washes. Yeah, the green and the blue. Yeah. You can tell you're in the real world with the green, and the blue is the matrix. Right, right. Or Vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought that was really cool, um, just that they pointed that out and that, you know, it is definitely something that they're doing with both the lighting mm-hmm. um, and their shot composition. I don't think it's anything to map. Well, uh, I don't think it means anything plot-wise. Yeah, yeah. But... It's just a way to make the show feel cohesive sure. scene to scene, and I, sure. it works really well for me. Sure. It's a style guide. Yeah. So uh, shall we get to feedback now? 
Sure. Uh, Michael McBee said, I already liked this episode. This is for 305. But that last scene was where I think might have been the mo- b- one of the best dramatic scenes I've seen in a while and by far the best Claire versus Francis scene of the series. But my big takeaway from this episode that I'm starting to think that the Underwoods won't be taken down by their past sins, but by their emotions and moments of mercy. Look at all the evidence. We had this season alone where the episode where Frank didn't destroy the Supreme Court judge due to the meeting he had with the man who lost his legs and family mm-hmm. due to the drone strike in episode 301. And now Claire with an incident in this episode. What do you guys think? Do that you could think be. that it's not going to be an external threat? It's going to be their own tender mercies, ironically, it's, that does them in. Yeah, it certainly could be. I mean, Claire has always been, I would say, the more emotional of the two. Um, just as far as letting her emotions guide her, Frank seems to be very much like he he feels sometimes for people, but overall he is more interested in completing Look, his That was objective. always Claire's stick. She felt more emotionally, which what made yeah. her inevitable betrayal all that more impressive yeah like all mm-hmm. those scenes of it look like she's feeling sorry for this homeless man and like nope doesn't give a shit uh, and she can only take so much you know I and mean, she sees all these horrible things that are being done yeah by her husband for the most part she's and gotta keep up <laughs> no no she can't take it she's like i can't i can't let this stand yeah that's the thing like uh, it's weird because they're both fairly fairly perceptive people mm-hmm. and also they're not in like denial about the way they're living sure um, yeah you know I, I it's mostly when you see people like this cruel and stuff it's more of a you know it's not a calculated cruelty it's more of a just like you know thoughtless um yeah i, I think it was really corgan what he said about you know are pretending to to love your husband or wife because you're kind of trapped in it that made her start to think and then when you know, he hangs himself and she has to get up there and support her husband who she knows is wrong in this matter morally. Mm-hmm. She she can't do it. She, right. like, it's it's directly Corrigan's influence, and I think specifically with that line um, that, that drives her to it. Because she cares more than Frank. She mm. cares about people more than Frank does. Frank sure. is willing to manipulate and kill people. I mean, she was broken up about being a murderer. Frank never batted an eye directly sure. murdering people. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if that doesn't show you what their frames of mind are, I don't know what does. Uh, Anthony B. has some interesting historical footnotes for us. He says, I'm very intrigued by this idea of a solicitor general running for POTUS. It's not anywhere near as visible as an office like the gov- or a governor or a senator. Heck, if the current solicitor general, Don Verrilli, walked up to most people, punched Ooh. them in the face, grabbed their wallet and ran away, they'd never be able to pick him up out of a lineup. Yeah, right? I wouldn't either. Um, and I had that same problem. I'm like, a solicitor general running for president? That is pretty fucking uncommon. Like, a senator or a representative running for Congress is already at a massive disadvantage against running for a governor. Uh, but this seemed ridiculous. But yes, he's, okay. he sent in another email a couple hours after this one and said, regards to my last email, I wanted to say I totally forgot about Dunbar being a special prosecutor in the Walker investigation. Mm-hmm. That would make her a very visible public figure in much the same way that Kenneth Starr was in the Clinton investigation. So, sure. yes. Yeah. Sometimes you get stuff to elevate your profile. I don't know that makes them any more likely to win an election. I don't think Kenneth Starr well, would have been able to win any kind of election. No, but the the way – you know, her motives were pure there. And I think sure. that goes a long way toward endearing the public um, 
a lot more than Frank has, certainly. Also, I wonder, because there's a lot of like complex political theories about sometimes you need a radical to run to to refocus the party because otherwise the two-party system tends to reward those who play sail everything close to the middle. Yeah. Because you're going to get all of your hardcore constituents and a good chunk of the, of the people that are also in the middle or don't pay attention or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so every once in a while, you need a radical candidate to run to threaten the party, like you know, to give the the the, the hardcore base someone else to to put up, and and the other party's got to be or the party's got to be like, well, shit, we got to go back to our roots, or we're going to lose the whole damn thing to this, you know, outsider. So hmm. I don't know if that's good news or bad news for us as an electorate that we're being. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm running through scenarios to game the system here in my head. Like, yeah. does one side need to run a bunch of radicals on their own side to make the moderate position seem more on their side? Hmm. Well, like if you got a bunch of lunatics spouting shit about global warming not existing, is that the perfect opportunity for a? more republican republican to jump in there i don't know because well he's not this lunatic who thinks that all these crazy things it's probably going to mean that you're going to have a less centrist uh republican that's what i mean yeah white house which some people will be horrified by but you know it's a lot of other people will cheer for so anyway uh, let's continue with his, he says, after Dunbar's press conference, the show provides a news report telling us that he, that she would be the first solicitor general to run for president since Taft in 1908, 1908. That is somewhat inaccurate. Taft did serve as solicitor general from 1980 or 18, 1980, <laughs> 1890 to 1892, but he didn't went on to serve under several positions after that, including secretary of war. Under Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> do we still have a Secretary of War? No, it's 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 now the much less awesome Secretary of Defense. Ah, that was back in the day where where men were men. Secretaries <laughs> were of war, not of defense. Secretary of nuclear option. <laughs> now we've got Ministry of Love and Ministry. Of, it's all bullshit. Go yeah, back it's to 1984. You know, no, we've gotten a little bit of we've, we've the fucking Patriot Act. My God, no one my is Im- God, no that one, is the worst named act I've ever heard. No one is immune to a little bit of uh, uh, Orwellian you know, propaganda. Yeah, from Newspeak, it's so effective. Ugh. Anyway, not, but you're right. It, being uh, that's a little omission to say that oh, so Solicitor General ran and what, but when you actually were the Secretary of Defense, that's yeah. a pretty big position. Yep. Uh, another former Solicitor General who l- later ran for president was John W. Davis, who served under hmm. Wilson, President Wilson, from 1913 to 1919 and became ambassador to the U.K. afterwards. He did not win the nomination in 1920, but did succeed in 1924 be- before getting smashed in the general election by Calvin Coolidge. Hmm. Before that, the only other example I could find was our first Solicitor General, Benjamin Bristow, unsuccessfully running in 1876. This historical president does not look favorably upon Mrs. Dunbar, but on this show, you never know. Sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she looks really good stood up next to Frank. Because mm. Frank's ugly? No, because Frank, <laughs> Frank's know. a monstrous bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why. And she's got an un- unpeachable uh, yeah. ethics. Although her ethics are starting to be impeached. Doug. Like, Doug is leading her down a path of, the dark of darkness and deceit. Yeah, it's the dark side. It really is. She's going to choke Padme to death next. He's going to be shooting lightning out of his fingers. <laughs> 
Mr. Rock and Rock has uh, stalked us over on the House of Cards from Walking Dead. And he says, my only major quibble with this episode, uh, and I believe this is for episode 305, the previous one, was the Jackie storyline. First of all, the way they squeezed in an 11th hour marriage scenario was a bit much. Yes, it's a political convention for candidates to appear family friendly, i.e. being married with children. But marrying into a divorced family of three after having dated a dude for just a few months... And to get engaged suspiciously on the eve of declaring a presidential run, those actions would have had the opposite effect on many voters. Plain and simple, <laughs> as a silly plot point forced into the story to make uh, to up the sexual tension between her and Remy, and that mm. was handled horribly. First, Jackie mistakenly thinks Remy is taking a uh, talking a marriage timeline when he's actually talking a campaign timeline. How embarrassing for her! Later, Remy mistakenly thinks she's talking candidacy announcement timing when she's talking our wedding wedding time. How embarrassing for him. This is not clever irony. It was artificial dialogue in surface, service of a ham-fisted conflict. I largely agree. I think yeah. this stuff with Jackie is diminishing what I thought was a very strong character last year. Yeah, and I don't know what it's getting them. This is a woman who fought and saw friends die in a war. And now she's acting like a little giggly schoolgirl around Remy and flirting with her political future and just being so kind of coy. And I, I, uh, I don't no, like it. I'm with you. I don't know what she's bringing to the show this season. And they're right. Like this, this would be shredded in the fucking press corps. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got engaged last night, right before you announced your, oh, okay. Okay. And you've got three children and you're going to move in and get married to this person within months of me. Yeah. That seems all very sane and normal and not at all <laughs> political theater. I mean, come on. Anyway. Sure. But does it honestly, does it matter if she gets ridiculed on the daily show? Is that, is that going to sway people's opinion? I'm just saying, like, they wanted me to think that she was a smart and savvy person, and then they are doing having her do things that are neither smart nor savvy. But that that's what I'm asking. Is is it a problem for her that, you know, all these people who are going to ridicule her and go against her anyway are given some kind of fodder? Does that really matter? Like, I think so. It turns people is off. Is that what the mainstream news is going to cover? I mean, is that's that... the one thing like that would turn me off is if stuff, you know, I would much rather vote for a single woman who's devoted her life to her career than I would a woman who's obviously dash, dashing for a marriage and children but you, to use in the campaign run. But you realize that you're on the that other side. That goes for a man, too, by there, the way. There are people on the other side of that equation who would definitely not vote for her given that she wasn't married and they would flock to her if she did this and they they wouldn't know any better because they're not watching the fucking daily show because they're not watching these programs which are going to eviscerate her so who's the theoretical person that watches enough news to see that i mean us weekly readers oh she engaged this nice man how nice but she does they don't never watch the colbert report exactly exactly tell show me there are millions of people across this country who so are not informed enough bored to care. housewives that read U.S. Weekly and do their impulse shopping in the shop. I mean, that's that's a, that is definitely a a, mar- a a market segment. And and their entire family is like, I, yeah, there are a bunch of them, man. Yeah. We are a shockingly uninformed yeah, country, right. and whatever the news media spits out, the mainstream news media, we're gonna buy. And if she can control that message, she might be okay. Yeah, you're right. It's depressing. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Nope, nope. Oh, okay. Mr. Rock, it's not even the end of Mr. Rock and Rock. Go out on that me? note. Uh, he goes, while I'm on that topic, I hated Jackie's love scene. It's not that I necessarily wanted to peek at her goods, but I hate it when I... 
She well, was clinging can... to that sheet, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. man. And the whole sideways sex. Like it's a life raft off the Titanic. Sure. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I hate it when I can tell a scene is tailored for fourth wall considerations. I respect no nudity clauses, but when it's incumbent on the directors to provide us a believable scene... But it's incumbent on the directors to provide us a believable scene. A woman unnaturally sure. maneuvering bed sheets to cover yeah. her giblets <laughs> yeah. from a dude who has just finished penetrating her seconds earlier is not believable. It's a pet peeve of mine rivaling fake actors or actors fake drinking out of empty teacups, hollow cardboard sounds <laughs> made by obviously empty Starbucks cups, smokers yep. smoking without inhaling, cars without rearview mirrors, and Jon Snow's flimsy and swordless scabbard as he climbs his horse with ginger minge arrows in his back, among <laughs> other things. Yeah, I'm with you, but what are you going to do? It's TV. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's shocking, shocking lack of people having sex with lights off on television, too. True, yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, it's, it's so, it's super artificial. It's super yeah, artificial. and I mean, the thing is, like, there are ways to shoot around that, too. Yeah. Like, you don't have, you can do close-ups, you can do she can be wearing a bra. different angles. Sure, yeah. Lots of people, you know, some people make, have sex with their socks on. I mean, it's shit happens. Right. You don't have to do the sheet cling. That is very... It was it was fairly obvious. It's uh, one thing when I see an AMC show, because, like, okay, it's basic cable. You, you're, you, mm-hmm. you, it's kind of like you didn't really buy that Dick Van Dyke wasn't sleeping with his, you know, or Lucy and, and them weren't sleeping in two separate beds, but it's what yeah. they did because they didn't want people to fucking flip their lid. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But Netflix, I've seen titties on your show. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen I Zoe saw with her legs Doug Stamper, open. when he got into that tub in the beginning of the season, I saw Stamper nuts. <laughs> You're right. You're right. So why can't That's they... fine. So, yeah, don't do the sheet cling, man. Takes me out of the scene. I just say artistically shoot around it. Like, you don't have to show that overhead perspective like that. I don't know. Interferes with my stroke ability, honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Matt Raleigh from Sydney, Australia says, how good was that? After loving and laughing at Mickey Doyle for many years, I enjoyed seeing Paul Sparks in a role that could not be further from his days in the boardwalk. He must have watched Steve Buscemi closely to pull off playing a grump so <laughs> well. On to Doug... So possibly a Breaking Bad spoiler, is uh, this going to be a Walt Jesse situation? Will Doug really take down Mr. Fourth Wall, or will it be a twist whereby he assists Frank? I like the fact that it can't really be a Breaking Bad spoiler if you're positing both of them as the spoiler. That's exactly how you play it, man. Yeah. Well done, Matt. I'm sure Frank has to be taken down, but just how bad will it be? I think Doug has a plan that may include more than Frank. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I... I it seems as we go on increasingly unlikely that he's a double agent. Yep. But it seems that's more a likely. really good double agent. You're right. I will the only thing I'll feel cheated is there's been no hint at all mm-hmm. that Frank has had any kind of back channel neg- I mean if unless they have some clever way of in retrospect showing that somehow they were able to keep in touch or they had some kind of, you know, grand plan. Mhm to execute in case he gets bricked in the face one day, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's, it's I made the Order 66 joke on last night's Walking Dead, but unless there's like an Order 66 initiative that... It doesn't seem like it to me. Some kind of a coded series of bourbon-soaked syringes. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, he says, Lastly, how I do miss bar- the barbecue. I hope Freddy gets a better ending than he has in the past. 
There's no reason to bring Freddie back unless you're gonna a small do some cameo awesome unless you're going to do him. something with him. Yep. Agreed. I can't see how that's possibly going. But again, White House Cook. I would love to see Freddie as White House Cook. That'd be yeah. awesome. Or Vice President. Vice President Freddie. Instead of instead of Bill sliding in offering coffee, you see Freddie mm-hmm. slide in the on the Air Force One with the ribs. Got them ribs ready, Frank. <laughs> it's like smoke rolling out the side of Air Force One because he's got the smoker installed. Can't get a picture window. No, no, no. But you can run a smoke vent for mm-hmm. your your cooker. He just pipes the smoke out into the the toilet. He's slow blowing. Pe- slow blowing. Slow blowing. <laughs> Who's he slow blowing? Pigs, of course. Pigs, oh, okay. He's slow bleeding pigs out in 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 the executive bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it for that joke. I can't I can't beat slow blowing. He he breaks the uh, the smoke detector in the bathroom, so it won't go off while he's <laughs> they smoke smoking ribs. Pigs. Yep. Uh, I I'm going to uh, slow blow these uh, these these credits out of here. Uh, you can send us an email at houseofcards at baldmove dot com. We want your feedback. You can also participate in all the threads. Helpfully broken up by a uh, chapter on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. Uh, also, we've got the threads for each episode on the podcast on facebook.com slash baldmove. And Jim's got Twitter at baldmove. If you no, don't send him anything shocking. Don't no. send him a shocking spoiler. That'd be a dick move. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't pay attention to it I discourage anyway. you from using Twitter for House of Cards and all other shows, honestly. <laughs> it's Facebook's where it's at. I discourage you from using Facebook. <laughs> Fuck that place. Man, You can't, if you sign up for Facebook, you can't even see half our posts. All right, that's, that's it true. for the episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back uh, in a couple days. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.